I geek out about particle physics. I geek out about books. I geek out about whales. Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Good evening, Felicia. Good evening, Rachel. This is the first time I think ever that we recorded a podcast intro from bed. (laughs) That's true. Just to be clear, we're not in bed together. We are not. This is why the quality of the audio is not as good. (laughs) Our listeners will know some things up if the quality is really, really good. I know. They're like, where are they? (laughs) And then we say we're doing it from bed. (laughs) I'm actually in a different city. I'm in Chicago. Ooh, what are you doing there? I'm at a conference, the SHRM conference, the Society for Human Resources Management. Does Ooh. that sound amazing? It sounds very fancy. It actually is very fancy. Um, but before we get too much into that, I just want to um, give a little shout out to our incredible um, guest for today's podcast episode, the lovely Miss Nikki Innocent. Yes, Nikki is a longtime friend, ambassador, supporter. We've been talking with her forever about all the stuff that she does and how we have to get her in a podcast. So we finally did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just a quick tip for those of you who um, speed up your podcast listening. You probably don't want to do that because we talked really, really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) We did. It was like a a mind meld situation. I think that was kind of happening. So... But it was so much fun. I love talking with Nikki and with you as always. So it works out really well for me. (laughs) But yeah, literally like, so what happened was we actually recorded this on Friday and I was an idiot and I did not um, upload the right files. But the benefit is Felicia's showing me her kitty cat, (laughs) JLP, while I'm talking. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) You are most welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And so here we are recording a little uh, loopy the night before. If we're going to do it this way, then I get to show my cute cat who is currently hanging out on my suitcase and biting me. (laughs) Oh, he's biting you. He's so needy. I know he is. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so we, you're in bed. I'm going to go to bed soon. So let's get the show on the road. What are yes. you geeking out about right now? Okay, well, other than human resources, because who doesn't <laughs> geek out about human resources? Um, I am geeking out about this podcast that uh, just came out recently. With uh, It's for that wonderful show, The Good Place. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Two seasons in. And so I want to say his name is Michael Sean Wallace. And I really hope I got it right. Um, but I don't think I did. Um, no, because the character's name is Sean. He does have three names, however. And it's probably not even Michael. It's probably Mark or something. Anyway, the character is Sean and he's the judge. And he's the host of the podcast. And the very first episode, he um, interviews the creator um, Michael Schur, who's also done all these others like Brooklyn Nine Nine and um, Parks and Rec Parks and, and Recreation. Yes. What did he do? I said Parks and Recreation. Yes. Yes. And uh, so it's really a fun podcast. So if you like the show and you're sad that it's not happening now, it's a really nice. And it's just, it's just nice to listen to happy podcasts. It's not always like the heavy stuff. 
So I really appreciate it having a little bit of levity other than how did this get made, which is my other levity podcast. Yeah, that's my, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's good. I remember you told me about this last time and I made a mental note and I promptly forgot. So now I'm going to make another <laughs> mental note. Hopefully I will not promptly forget this time. Um, okay. So I think I told you I have been watching The Staircase, which is the Netflix m- murder documentary thing, but that's not really what I'm geeking out about right now. So what I'm currently geeking out about is air conditioning <laughs> because it's really hot here in Boston and which, you know, it doesn't get hot that often. So when it does, it's like a heat wave. And I went to the gym today and the air conditioning was broken. <gasps> Yeah, it was disgusting. It's like, what's the point of a gym? I mean, I feel like the whole point of it is for that to be climate controlled. Well, it wasn't like totally broken. So it wasn't like you walked in and it was a sauna. And it was just the one room. But as we were in there, it was noticeable that the air conditioning was not working as well as it should have been. Mm. And it was pretty gross. And then the reason why you couldn't find me at first when you were trying to figure out if we could do this recording right now is because I was trying to install yet another broken air conditioner in my room. Which, by the way, it's 10 o'clock at night. Like, that's just crazy to me. That's when I get my shit done. That's so (laughs) bonkers. This is why we could totally live in different time zones and it would be fine because this, I am up right now at Chicago. It's 9 p.m. and I am uncomfortable with doing anything. And that's like, this is like your peak time. Well, yes and no. I mean, I'm definitely like, I literally just finished doing some SGR work. And then I was like, great, I'll get some stuff done. Like I have a mountain of laundry that I need to fold. And I have to like literally have to pack tonight because I too will be traveling this week, not to Chicago, but to New York. And I think I have to do that tonight because now I think what I'm going to do is install the air conditioner tomorrow night. Uh. So that's why, like, my life is like a very carefully planned Tetris, and all the things fit together. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm glad that you were able to fit this little this little Tetris block right in there. Well, that's why you were like, "Do you want to do it tomorrow morning?" And I was like, "No, I absolutely <laughs> cannot do it tomorrow morning because I'm waking up at five thirty to go to the gym." So. Oh, brutal. <laughs> well, it, there's also a heat wave here in Chicago. <laughs> in keeping with our normal uh, weather podcast, weather podcast, yes. <laughs> It is it is a heat wave here and I'm flying back tomorrow and there are thunderstorms. So hopefully mm. I'll be able to like get on that plane. Yeah. Well I will tell you when I was biking home from the gym, there was lightning and it was really visible and yeah. it was kind of cool but scary to to bike home. <laughs> well, yeah, scared and I I don't know if I ever told you this, but um Bruce, my very large eighteen pound lovable cat, uh, he's actually scared of thunderstorms. I've never met a cat as scared so I just talked with Mark earlier tonight, and he's like, yeah, Bruce just ran right under the bed. <laughs> thunder. Meanwhile, JLP is, like, lounging everywhere in the house. Yeah. He's just like, whatever. And literally, Bruce could probably, like, he's, like, the Thor of cats, like, size-wise. Like, he's just enormous. Like, he could take down a thunderbolt if he really wanted to. But he has imposter cat syndrome. Oh, well, he needs to get over it. <laughs> I know. I don't think he is, but Mark coaxed him out with some treats. So well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Food is what makes the world go through. <laughs> Food is love. Just kidding. That's not true. Or is it? It's not. <laughs> Period. Well, that'll be a discussion for another time. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, we should get on with the show. So. Yeah. Nikki. Sounds great. Well, hello, Felicia. 
Hey, Rachel. Hi, Nikki Innocent. Oh, hello, hello, I did not hello. sit. I look. I'm so excited to see you too, Felicia. But <laughs> obviously, yeah, I'm really feeling it. Yeah, I know. I felt like that was <laughs> such a difference in. Um, I think our listeners will hear the truth you know, of the matter no, here. My, my excitement bad. is bubbling over for both of you, so I hope that that compensates right there. <laughs> but we're so excited. Normally, we actually do a whole thing where we like go over how to podcast, what to do, what not to do, and we just threw we that didn't. out the window. Yeah, we didn't we're like, actually. Who needs we're to like, know about Nikki's that. Know. We are in it to He's win it. He's gonna know. We'll figure it out um, <laughs> We should say, because it's very impressive because you do a lot of things and I have the list. Marketing strategist, women's leadership coach, diversity and inclusion facilitator, and ambassador for She Geeks Out. Yes, that is me. And, and I maybe re- other stuff that we don't even know. And probably other stuff. Is that, is that actually comprehensive? Are you doing other stuff? Oh, you know, I've gotten to a point, I mean... I don't do labels well. Never really have. So uh, I've, there's a lot of words. Yeah. Connector is one I've been using a lot lately. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Rach, you gave me one where empath was a big one. My, oh, my, yeah. Uh, sometimes my volume is up to 20 where it should probably be 10. Um, I love me some food. Yes. Right? Yeah, so you do. there's that. Live to eat food. Live to eat food all day, every day. Um, but yeah, I feel like marketer is is it's a, a good starting a part point. of my identity so yeah let's i mean that let's let's anchor it there for and a bit and also i wanted to talk about too how we met because <laughs> how do we know you so you funny story <laughs> my old therapist yes and mine and yes it was it was and then she emailed me and she was like hey can I introduce you to this woman? She's really cool. She's just starting out and doing her own thing and you've been doing your own thing and that's been hard for you yes. and you can talk about like your experiences and then we met at a coffee shop and I was like, this is a lovely woman mm-hmm. and then she started coming to our events <laughs> and then she was like, hey, I'm going to bring more people. Yes. Well, it actually, it was so funny because I remember <laughs> the day you became an ambassador yeah. but um, you had come, been coming to our events and like just generally ambassador anyway yes. and we it's had true. one of our quarterly ambassador meetings oh yeah and Uh-oh. an hour before <laughs> we were like should nikki just, just be, be an ambassador, ambassador? Yes. and then we i think texted you we're like what salad do you want yeah yeah Come on over. Like, um so i'm not sure what you're doing tonight but uh we're offering salad if you want to <laughs> show like, up Come yeah. and, and wine and yeah, just and wine and, and amazing humans so <laughs> oh, yeah. why not show up yeah i mean as as you you both know, and anyone that's met me, I come in hot, right? And especially <laughs> when I'm excited about something, I cannot control myself. And I mean, the introduction that we were given was from somebody that has shaped a lot of um, the transition for me, actually, uh, from my kind of corporate version of myself to kind of the entrepreneurial version of myself. And so when she was like, there is someone you need to meet, I was like, yes, okay, I will clear my schedule. I don't know anything about this person other than the fact that you think she's great. I am there. And then, and, and we then, talked, and we talked, and we talked, and we talked, and we talked. Yeah. So <laughs> a match made in heaven. It really yeah, was. And what was great was, and, and you also, and you show up, you are so present. Uh huh. So that's really nice. That's what I've learned. So, Again, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this, but a lot of uh, self-reflection and self-discovery has come in the last – that was almost two years ago that we met. Um, And one of those is, you know, the love languages, which many people are like, I've known my love language for years. I'm like, nope, just learned it about two years ago. Um, My my quality time is a big part of it for me. And so I bring bring it all um, when I'm there. And when I can't, it's like – it's like I left part of myself at home. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you saw that. That's, yeah. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
we can talk a little bit about your work stuff, but I also want to talk about your personal background yes. too, because I know we've talked about that a little bit too. Yeah. So where would you like to start, Nikki? Work, personal, um, everything? Hmm, let's go. Where were you Nikki? born? Um, so I was born in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, really <laughs> exciting place. And when people meet me, they're like, what? No. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Connecticut. Um a biracial child. So my father is an immigrant from Haiti. I uh, came here when he was 15, more than 50 years ago. But if you met him, you'd be like, I can't understand all the words that you're saying. So I'm going to have to have you slow it down a little bit. <laughs> I always tell my dad his his Franglish, his name is Franz. So I call it Franz English. Yeah, sometimes for new people, we need to slow it down a little bit. Um, but yeah, his, his background is so very different than mine. Um, he grew up in a what I call a little shack um, mm-hmm. behind what I don't know how familiar you are with Haiti, but there was, you know, in the earthquake, there was obviously this very kind of moving visual of the palace crumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that palace was so opulent and and so fancy in a world that, you know, you know, people didn't really have much. And so um, he actually was in a little shack right behind there. And there were 14 people in one room, him and his family on a dirt floor, which, you know, it's one of those things that I saw pictures of, but never really you grow up so young knowing it that you don't understand how different it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been something that, again, self-reflection a few years, def- definitely a lot more. I've gone back to understanding that like my reality, my lens on the world is not the only lens. Um, and there are a lot of different perspectives, his perspective, my perspective, and every single person have, has kind of a different mm-hmm. perspective there. My father, you'd never have any idea. He doesn't really bring any aspect of, of that life up unless you ask. Mm-hmm. Um and is so very proud of, I mean, my struggles as a, a teenager in Connecticut were very different than his as a, <laughs> yeah. as a teenager well, coming I'm sure there were a lot of conversations where it was like, you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Never said like, it, though. Re- Never so said it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Because I'll tell you, my parents were like, you don't even know. My mom made up a whole fake family in India because she was <sighs> like, the family in India has it worse <laughs> off and they're better behaved than oh you are. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. God. I mean, it, it, it took a little while, but at a certain point, I was like, they're fake. It's it's fine. Yeah. I, get it. I get what so you're trying to do funny. to me. <laughs> but that's so interesting. Your yeah. dad was did not take that. No, back. no. And then, you know, the other side of it that's really interesting too. So that family, um, I actually didn't know very, very well. You know, my grandmother was in, in New York, so I knew her and she didn't speak English very well, but her language was food. So hence yeah. my love of food uh-huh. um, and my love of Haitian food specifically, which I've, I've been on a search in Boston. So if anybody... Oh, yeah. Is there... Do you have any... Is there no, a, I am is like, there a Haitian community? There, there, oh my goodness, yes. I did not there actually is, know. I know there's a huge Brazilian community. There is a Haitian community yeah. in Cambridge, in um, Hyde, the yeah. Hyde Park area. There's a bunch uh, of places yeah. to eat. I, I mean, and there are so many people probably listening to this, shaking their head, being like, girl, there's so many you have no idea well so please yes i have i've gone to probably five or six places that have been recommended to me and i just i mean i'd love to go on like a full-on weekend month tour of all the places available so i've heard there's some like haitian food trucks too yeah 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 yeah. there's one place actually um highland cuisine i believe it is in somerville that i have been told to go multiple multiple times to and get like catering like anytime you can be around it go so that's on my highland cuisine or highland Highland kitchen kitchen. Probably Highland Kitchen. Cuisine, no, Highland no. Kitchen? Or oh, I've never it's heard on, of, I don't think it's is it on Highland. Highland? Anyway, it's probably anyway, in the weeds. Doesn't matter. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, find it. we'll talk about and that. If anybody later. needs it, hit me up. I'll find the <laughs> I'll find the link and, and send it to you. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the Haitian side of me. Um, which it's so funny because you think of I grew up thinking half and half, right? And so there's the Haitian side, and then there's kind of the American side. And my mom is a little blonde hair, blue eyed white lady that grew up on Long Island. Um, Kind of the traditional American family, you know, three kids, uh, two parents that have been together for, I don't even know at this point, more than 60 years. Um, I just spent yesterday with them. It was it was great. Um, 
How'd they, how'd they meet? How'd they meet? Or how, how did your parents meet? Oh my, ugh, this is crazy too. So my parents met in Should college. Talk about grandparents, oh not my her parents. No, sorry. I was thinking about your parents. Yeah. Okay, I can yeah. tell you about my grandparents. Oh my We're goodness. We're getting into this family. Like, yeah. Yes. My parents, I want to know how your parents yeah, met. It's I actually, I it's actually really too. cool. Um, and it's something that, again, a lot of self-discovery and something I knew that popped up on my, my Facebook news feed the other day. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Facebook. My father uh, went to UConn. And uh, got a soccer scholarship. Was holds a lot of the records still for top scoring um, and the like, which a lot of pressure for his soccer playing daughter. But whatever. <laughs> um, and then my mother actually went to UConn and was on one of the first women's soccer teams there. Oh. And my dad was the coach. So my dad was the coach oh. of the first women's soccer team at UConn. And if you know women's <laughs> soccer, like UConn's women's soccer is like top notch. Yes. Um, my dad was like the coach of the club team Hilarious. and they met there and yeah, it was, it was a match made on the soccer field. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a it's like, soccer yeah. like Beckham, match. but yeah. replaced Guys, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a soccer match. Uh, rage, huh? rage, huh? Come rage. on. Come on. I like it. I well, like it. That was a good one. I mean, it, yes. It was a good dad joke. <laughs> yeah, my dad would like that one. I Thank think. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they were together for. Co- I mean, my mom met him when she was seventeen. So, like, I can't imagine meeting the guy who's gonna or have kids with <laughs> my seventeen-year-old self. No way, girl. You can't make decisions <laughs> like that. Um, so they were together for a while. Got divorced when I was younger, um, but still, like, that was a very another thing that I think was very interesting. Like a child of divorce label, sure. However, my parents were so friendly when I and not like a weird way of being friendly. Like they were friends and they were very committed to making my life one where they I knew I had two supportive That's parents. Nice. My stepmom, same. Um, her family, she, you know, I met her very young and came in and her family was very welcoming of me. So like that particular part of my family, it's just been a really interesting mm-hmm. blended family of sorts. Yeah. So um, yeah, I feel like there have just been so many perspectives that I was given at such a young age. My dad in his job worked with severe mentally and physically um, disabled adults. And so from a very young age, he'd bring me in there and there were adults that couldn't use language. There were adults that um, couldn't use their bodies. And so now with all this kind of talk in in the media about, you know, a person that's leading our country not being the most friendly to people that might look and be able in different ways than we are, for me, it's like, why are we, why is that even a thing? They're a justifiable human being. Why, why are we differentiating one way or another? So um, those perspectives have just been really beneficial, I think, to me. Again, it's a, it's a sense of privilege that I guess people don't really talk about, right? We talk about money, we talk about class, but I think there's a lot of perspectives at a young age that you think are normal yeah. that are a privilege that I have that I you know, don't necessarily have to break as many of those things down as um, making them kind of more blended. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Whew. All right. So All right. little Nikki, little Nikki grew up. Yes. Little Nikki grew up, went to college, um, played soccer, played soccer, went to Bentley University, um, made the decision there uh, because I wanted to be able to be self-sufficient, financially self-sufficient. Definitely. Um, went to in most of its business school. So came out of there with a marketing degree, um, went on the next right path, got a job in advertising. Um I, you know, from the business side of it. Oh, yeah. Was that at Arnold? Yes, at Arnold Worldwide. Yes. yes. Um, And I got there right before kind of the recession was hitting. Mm. Um, So it was a very interesting environment. I mean, I learned how to be a translator. So I was in the account side. So you're between creative Mm -hmm. and the business. And so for me, the two skills that I talk about all the time with that were being a translator going between kind of the creative idea, um, excitement, and the ideation of 
probably a very concrete business goal and really translating them between one another to kind of get everyone on board. Um, and then there's a lot of crisis management. I don't know if either of you have have been in in the advertising world, but no, was, I hear it's terrible. Well, it wasn't. Uh, I just know this what is my Mad nice Men way. has told me, and I never watched Mad Men. Yeah, so the answer yeah. is no. Yeah. I mean, there was at least in my life there was there was no. There was none of the really scandalous stuff. None of the hanky panky. No, but I hear that the hours are brutal. The hours the are a little silly. Is really hard. Yeah, um, and you're. I mean, you are, for lack of a better word, you're someone's bitch. Yeah. So, it's it's not a place that I operate well in. Um, I'm not really good at. Uh, facially biting my tongue. Like, you can see what's happening on my face. <laughs> I do. So, yeah, you yeah. don't really have, like, a poker face. No, I try. Like, I smile real hard, and sometimes it doesn't work that well. Um, so that was – it was an interesting place to be. Um, and so then, what, so what crisis you, management. What made you want to go into advertising yeah, in the first place? Oh, I didn't. So it just um, how, it was a happen? gig that a friend of mine – so I was looking for a job out of school, and Bentley actually touts, and they do a really good job of placing you. I mean, there's, like, 96% um, job placement, and this was back, you know, uh, 11 years ago, um, of getting you into a job before right out of school. And so I didn't have a job right out of school. I temped for a little while and I had a gig that was supposed to happen that fell through. It was at kind of a wealth management startup. <laughs> so, so exciting sounding. Um, <laughs> and so the advertising opportunity came up and I took it and I was like, you know, I need, I need a full-time job. I want to have my feet firmly planted on the ground. I want to be able to support myself. And I took that role, met some incredible people, um, pretty early on realized, oh God, this is different than I thought. I never was wooed by commercials and by like the advertising sexiness. Like it was never something I, I really was excited about, which I think is, is something that gets a lot of people into it. So about a year into that, I actually got the opportunity to interview with Bain and & Company and uh, fell in love with the interv- the people in the interview process, the fact that I could learn so much about business as a marketer. Um, it was a very generalist approach. So I learned all aspects of marketing. I was kind of in a, a position where I got to be part of you know, the online team, the branding team. Can you talk a little bit about Bain and Company, yes. especially because people don't know the difference yeah. between like Bain and Company and Bain Capital? Yes. Yes. Um, so, and Mitt Romney. Yes. So um, <laughs> fast forward a little bit, I went from Bain and Company to Bain Capital. So that's kind of why why it's, I feel like I might be able to talk about this uh, well here. Um, so Bain and Company is a management consulting firm. Um, and what, what the teams, the case teams at Bain and Company do is that uh, – organizations, corporate mostly, will bring in a team to work on a specific issue to optimize a certain process in place. So um, if your HR systems need some work or if you if you need to figure out where you fit in the market. Um, strategy consulting. Yeah, strategy consulting. But it, a lot of times it kind of is in specific industries or specific um, – Capabilities that you need. You need people. I'm like literally going through the site map of the website in my head. <laughs> um, so you know you can have people come in and be really you know centered on like on uh, biotech of sorts, or you can have somebody coming in and working on organizational development. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of times there'll be hybrid, right? There are people right. that are kind of specialists in both. And that was again, that was years ago. I you know the the structure keeps moving and changing. Sure. Um, so you'll bring in a case team. They'll come in for a certain period of time, three to six months, you know, whatever you kind of sign up for. And they come in, they work on, there's a milestone that they're trying to get to and they leave-ish. I mean, there's some people that you can, you can kind of re-up. The difference between that and kind of what Bain Capital does, which is asset management, is that they, you know, Bain Capital actually was started from folks at Bain & Company. Bill Bain, one I of them. Say, that's I was, where the name comes from. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Mitt Romney was was one of the folks that started there. So that's kind of where <laughs> where the larger American consciousness came into the, the world of Bain um, in, uh, in that wonderful election. Um, 
And so that the bank cap piece is around, uh, it's really kind of owning that, that money. So you're bringing in your cons, quote unquote consultants, but you're actually doing it on the investments you've put money down on. Mm-hmm. So um, rather than saying, hey, we're going to bring some people in partially, it's we have investors that have invested in a fund. We select the organizations and the types of the types of investments we're going to put money towards, and then we're going to support them in the ways that we think that we can optimize that business. And so, actually, one of the um, junior associates when we we used to do one of the things I did there was around philanthropy, um, and we used to go to schools and talk to talk to kids like in elementary school and try to explain what bank capital is, and and that was so brilliant. You know, one of the um, the associates was sitting there talking, and one of the kids raised their hand. I was like, uh, okay, what what's up? He's like, so it's like flipping a house. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, God. Can, you I, got can you it. come on our marketing team? Like, come on, help me out. <laughs> yeah. no, it was amazing. You know, it was kind of like coming in and seeing, you know, this house that might need a lot of renovation and really seeing the, the gem that it can mm. be. And you know, polishing it up and renovating the kitchen and kicking all the people yeah, out. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, I should have said right right away. You know, <laughs> sometimes in the house, sometimes, right? If you have someone living in your basement that's not paying their rent, yeah, maybe, maybe. But there's other yeah, parts of it. Like, you know, there's the other part of it, and this is funny because I feel like I'm spinning for a bang. I oh, know God. it's so funny. Let me well, not. Let well, me Deval not. Patrick is working oh. for them now, and he's. I'm trying. I'm gonna like try not to gush too hard on Deval. We saw him recently, actually, and he spoke. And he was just as He's amazing. delightful. He oh. really is. I mean, I his first day at Bain, so it was an inter- it was definitely a very different hire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and and, and a for lot those of ways, who don't really, know, actually, for people, because yes. there's a lot of people oh, who yeah. don't know. Who, who yeah, Deval but is? really quickly, yeah, Deval Patrick is a former governor of Massachusetts mm-hmm. and a good friend of the Obamas, um, and is a proud Democrat yes. and might be running in 2020. Fingers there's, crossed. I just put a. I just took a poll where they were like list who you want to run in 2020 did you list his name multiple times yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can only check the box but yes oh, otherwise okay. i would okay. have okay. i would have like other exactly so yes sorry go ahead no 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 so deval came um i was i was there for a while and when i i will never forget his first day he came in and like it was very different it was um it was a very different experience uh, where, you know, we hadn't had high profile people coming in in that way. And it was also kind of secret, not secretive, but it wasn't something that was being touted until he was already in mm-hmm. and we had him up on the website and the like. So one of, you know, as a marketer and I was, at, so one of the things I should mention is from Bain & Company to Bain Cap, I was on a team of 60 marketers at Bain & Company. Wow. And when I went to Bain Cap, it was me. Wow. Yeah. So it was a very different switch, um, which was wonderful for my career and my ability to kind of handle a bunch of situations and be in the room with people from all levels of the organization, mm-hmm. which is, again, one of my favorite things to do. Including it. Duvall. Well, sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I, he came in and he was the most, you know, he's had to kind of shuttle in and back entrances and the like because no one's supposed to know. And he walked in and was like, hi, this is my first day. And oh it was God. like the most normal human being you've ever met. Yeah. And um, he probably was like, so my email is not working. Working. No, no, it was working. It was working. Oh, don't my worry. My phone Everything line is, is busy. My badge isn't working. Yeah. In the building. No, it was where's so the good. bathroom? Yeah, where's the bathroom? But what where's I mean, kitchen? my biggest memory of him was my last day, actually. Oh. Um, my last day there, you know, I had known him. We actually, my office was across from it. Like, I could look in, like, eye to eye with You're him. Like, we made a lot of yeah. eye contact. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting, I mean, he was running, he was he was all over the country trying to um, raise awareness and funds and interest for his, um, his new vertical with within our business. So he wasn't Which there was all the time. What, by the way. It's called double impact. 
Um, you could, really briefly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a, a it's kind of investing hole. and doing good at the same. You know, it's yeah. investing in it's good like companies. It's like social impact. It's social. Of? Yeah, it's Great. it's Spain's. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that that's okay. what he would yeah. be yeah. doing. Yeah, right. yes. Yeah, so um, okay, so last day. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. He, it was the end of the last day. I'm like packing up the office, and of course, you want to be out early. No, I had a whole bunch of stuff to do, and I turned the corner, and he literally came out. He's like, "This is your last day." Oh my god! And I mean, came arms open, gave me the biggest, and probably was one of the warmest goodbyes I received. And again, like it wasn't like he and I worked together all day, every day, you know, would see him every morning, say good morning. He was planning for 2020 all along. No kidding. (laughs) No, the thing that's crazy is he is, he's not playing. Like he is, he knows every person. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a gift. And it's, it's hard because you think politicians, you've been taught a certain way. And I mean, he is again, and, and that those are the those are the ones that you want, right? Like the yeah. those are the, those are the ones you want are the ones that are you know dy- like dynamic and that yeah. make you feel special. Yeah, when you're in the room, like and that's, heard, really, and heard. I mean, and so, so maybe true. this is helpful because well you know. Said. So I left kind of corporate world, um, and one of the things that I have found that is one of the hardest things for me in all of those places, all of those kind of, even in school, I'd say, and it's definitely shifted. I've um, recently gotten a lot more involved with Bentley, um, is that I, I felt like I was trying to fit myself into the right story or the right path. Um, and coming across people that hear and see you and hear and see that your story matters, though it's not exactly what's the same as everybody else's, is something I personally find very important um, and what I'm working towards in all aspects of what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. So though all those labels I started off in the beginning, like every single one of them actually to me is what brings people together around story and around their kind of uniqueness, but connects them as humans. So um, their story and voice, I, if well, you will. That's, yes. So Which my, I wanna, yes. yeah, I want to get there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. Should I just go there? Yeah, now? yeah. go for it. So um, my company is called Story and Voice, and initially, you know, I don't know how many. Well, if you're if you're making pivots and changes, it's 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 easy to kind of keep threads together. And so when I went off to do kind of my entrepreneurial journey, I was like, all right, I've been a marketer for years. I'm going to be a marketer, um, and I'm good at it. And it's, I'm saying that, and I'm very proud of myself for saying that. Um, And so, you know, I am helping doing marketing consulting with small and medium-sized businesses. A lot of them have become women's, women-led businesses, which is, you know, my favorite jam. I've been in very masculine environments, both growing up playing soccer with guys before playing with, playing soccer with girls. My school was 70% dudes, Mm. you know, Bain & Company is there. It's relatively, you know, there are women there, um, but it's a, it's a more masculine environment. And then Bain Cap, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there, there is an attempt, but it's just—I mean, if See, from a leadership podcast, from episode. a leadership, yeah, from a leadership position, you can look at the website. I mean, there are women there. Um, it's just—it's just the industry itself. Financial services yeah. isn't really heavy um, on women's leadership. So, I—I um, I decided I wanted to kind of create an environment for myself that allowed me to kind of tap into other other aspects of the world. So women specifically sounds so silly. Um, have just, it's just been a really great experience for me to interact with women and women and how they're leading businesses and how they're taking power and visioning the future. Um, it's just very different. It's not as patriarchal. It's not as kind of, um, uh, direct in a way that's, um, isolating kind of the other ways you can go. <laughs> Being so tactful in the way I'm saying these things. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, so story and voice for me was, you know, marketing is really important to me. But when I came up with that name and for my for my clients, when I, you know, they'll be like, help me name my business. I'm like, all right, cool. This might feel a little weird, but what I'm going to have you do is like pull up this Google Doc, right? And 
in the next week, if there are words or phrases or people or something that rings true to you, put them in the doc. I do not, do not, ha- don't think about how they map to one another. Don't think about themes. Just write them down. And write down any word that feels like you, feels like your business, feels like what you want to do. And then we will come and assess that together. And I, you know, when I was like, okay, Nikki, visioning for the future, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Not what your marketing is going to be. I want, I mean, to me, people's stories are the things that made me make the moves that I was making. They're the things that I find the most important. And then the fact that I felt like my voice had been silenced so much, that there are a lot of people's voices that have been silenced. That was, that was like, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to be. I know I'm talking about marketing now, but in the future, like this is what I want, the the safe space that I create, I want to allow those things to happen. So that's kind of how that name came about. Um, and it's funny because one of the things we're going to talk about is, you know, how does my marketing, my leadership, mm, yeah. my diversity, inclusion, my, you know, my background, how does all that make sense? And to me, all of that is about giving people the space, giving people the vehicle, giving people the channel for their voice to be heard and their story to be told. And Right now, unfortunately, I mean, well, in the past, and I would say a bit now, we've been hearing very similar stories and very similar voices. And those voices, as they've been challenged, have gotten louder and more certain. Um, And the more we can center the voices we haven't heard and talk about the voices that have been silenced, Mm. I think that uh, it gives us a future that will be a little bit more bright, diverse, inclusive, and the like. So if my marketing skills can get us there, great. My women's leadership stuff and that um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about, um, that gets us there even better. Um, great. Yeah. So you um, you touched on how everything sort of complements each other, but I do want to talk about the coaching and the women's empowerment work that you've recently gotten into. Mm-hmm. So um, was that something that sort of organically grew out of all these different interests? Yes. What are you working on in that space? Tell us more. Yes. So Again, like how Rach and I met each other through our therapist, um, I actually was introduced to this kind of approach to leadership coaching. Um, And again, leadership coaching wasn't even anything I thought I would ever do, truly, Uh, through a the someone that worked at my spin studio. It was yeah, it was like week one of me being by myself, and I went to a later spin class, and she's like, "What are you doing here? You live corporate life, and you're always hustling in and out of here with your you know business cash on." And I was like, I don't have to do that anymore. And I was explaining to her, you know, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm feeling. This, you know, it didn't feel aligned being, you know, having to get into an office, sit at a desk and follow somebody else's rules of what productivity looks like while, you know, then going home and actually being productive and spending all my weekends at things and, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling like I had to fit in these, what I, what I call false power constructs for myself Mm -hmm. to be successful and then still hustling outside of that to make sure that the things that I felt like were success were happening. Um, that I was like, you know what, I had to say no more. And so right now I'm in a process of, I can still make money in doing the marketing stuff. I, I know I'm good at that, but trying to figure out like, how can I use all that energy that I was using to fit my square peg into that round hole to helping people? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I think you need to listen to this. And so it's a podcast called the Women's Leadership Podcast. Mm. Um, started listening to it and it was like therapy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I was no longer seeing Rachel and his therapist. So I was like, thank you. Come <laughs> on in. Um, and I just, you know, started from the beginning and went from there. One of the first episodes is about um, imposter syndrome. Mm. And I was like, yes, yes, thank you. I knew I had, I mean, I, we all know as women that we're dealing with it within ourselves or within our friends. We hear each other kind of discount ourselves as we talk. I mean, yeah. even me saying I'm good at marketing and being proud that I said that, like, <laughs> So that's kind of where it started and, and went <sighs> down this whole path. I mean, I welcome you guys to listen to it. It's 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 yeah, really it interesting. Great. Um and so that was kind of my own personal career therapy through the process. And I didn't really think much of it 
until election happened. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So I had this whole idea that women's leadership is all, it's great. We're talking about it. And we're going to have a female president. And it will just be so easily (laughs) transitioned into the way we talk about things. Um, And towards the end of the podcast, things start getting a little bit more political inherently. And so I started following um, the the woman, her name's Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin, who is the host of the podcast and the founder of the company that I did my coaching certification through, uh, the Gaia Project for Women's Leadership. And um, week after the election, was I, I think I was with you the day after we were at HubSpot's conference. Oh, yeah. 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 And um, mm-hmm. there was just a lot of conversation that felt like it needed to ha- be had, but we were also like in shock Shams. that we didn't know what to do about it. And so I left that conference and went to, I had a trip to South Carolina, which I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Okay. Let's make sure like people hear Boston and everybody was so divisive and everyone was coming mm-hmm. at each other in conversation that's like, oh, are you a Hillary or are you Trump? And then yeah. we're going to hate each other because I know everything about you from one word. And so um, going to South Carolina, my first night out, there was a woman that like came at me. And, you know, I'm, yeah. And I, trust me, like, I mean, you've been around, I don't like to get, I don't, I I prefer to have conversation with you. Even if we disagree, I want to hear what you have to say. And at that point it had just gotten so heightened that I didn't actually say words. It was just coming at me. And my friend was with me and she was, she was talking to her friend and they were having a great time, like talking about cocktails. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay. Did did you say like, 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 I like Hillary or like, I'm disappointed about. No, she heard from Boston. She asked where we were from. Oh, really? That was the only thing. Um, And so, and really one of the, I mean, I wish. Does she know that Boston's racist? <laughs> I mean, that globe uh, that globe series was incredible, though. Yes. Um, one of the things I had I had promised myself waking up the day after the election was that I need I have work to do. I have a lot of listening to do, like a shit ton of listening to do, because I had this whole idea of what was going on with everybody else because mm. of the media, because Facebook perfectly grooms my algorithm, so I think everyone's in the same world as I am. Um, then I need to hear different perspectives because there's no way that many people in our country made that decision based on the information I was given. Yeah. I choose to believe that we are not hateful and discriminatory in our core. And that was kind of the the only messaging that was coming my way. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie. When she came out and was like, oh, Boston, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I am trying to be a student right now. So if you I, – I am so thirsty for positivity in what our future looks like because right now – all I'm hearing is, well, I voted for him because I didn't want to vote for Hillary. And what I want to know is, like, why did you vote that way? What made you feel like this is the future you want to see? Because I need to see the good sides of that future. So I'm not I'm only seeing the shadows. I'm not seeing the light. And um, unfortunately, that particular conversation, maybe I should have qualified a little bit who I wanted to be learning from. Um, <laughs> it didn't go that way. So um, she wanted to see it all burn to just, hell. Yeah, she just wanted to. She wanted a place yeah. to yell, which yeah. I think we all need a place to yell at some points yeah. too. Don't um, yell at a stranger. Yeah. So that whole story to say the next morning there was a thing that popped up in my email conveniently that invited me to come to a conference um, for this uh, coaching uh, group, and I signed up immediately and was like, "This is the kind of conversation I need to have." Um, and in that process, signed up for the coaching certification program that started a month before. Um, and you know, the rest is kind of history it got, again, came in, you can ask them, came in hot, came in hot at that conference yeah. was like, love what we're doing. Love what we're talking about here. I do marketing. Can I help more people know that this exists? And a year later now we just, I'm just coming back from that conference. Um, it's, you know, it's been one of those, it's been one of those years of just trying to get as many people to kind of hear a different word of mm. what power could look like, what a structure could look like, how we as women can view ourselves as, as leaders. And it doesn't mean you have to be the CEO to be a leader and, and what balance looks like. And that doesn't mean that like, oh, tomorrow I get a manny or a petty, like that, you know, there are different ways for us to find 
power or leadership and having that shift happen in a way that doesn't leave men behind necessarily either. So there's not so much kind of animosity um, between what we call two sides, but there are so many sides to every yeah. conversation. So That's wow. <sighs> Feeling preachy. Sorry, I'm going to just... No, it was okay. great. I think that it was... First of all, just to, like to step back a little bit, I didn't make that connection between all the different things that you do, and I really appreciate that you bring that up. Having that thread of like wanting to to lift people's voices yeah, and create that space and create that space, I think that's really beautiful and really needed. So thank you for for doing that. It's so funny, you know. We we come with these preset lists of questions yeah. that yeah. we share with you ahead of time, and I think your story actually knocked out. A few of I these try. questions. <laughs> I was like, we don't even need to ask this question. Yeah, I feel like we're at the last of the uh, well, official ask me anything. Questions. I don't well, need to be prepped. No, no. Well, I, well, one question though that, that we did have. Yes. You know, on Instagram, how you see like you know Wednesday wisdom, motivational yes. Monday, and and I think particularly because you're a coach, I think there's and also coaches. I feel like there's so many that are on Instagram yes. and they have the things, yeah. and it's really cool. I know for me personally, I see them and I'm like. Yeah, I should love myself more. <laughs> yeah, nope. I need to take a time out for yes. me. Um, whatever they are. And so it's really cool. But I want to know, like, you know, for people who I think follow coaches and yeah. those types of people and they see them, how do they actually turn that into real action? action. Yeah. I mean, so here I, I kind of have two pieces to it. So I think if you if you find a coach – so again, I, it's so funny that you say that because when I say like leadership coaching wasn't my jam, like I really felt the same way. I'm like, that's so cool. We can put quotes out to the world and memes out to the world and like put all this good stuff out there. But like now what? Right? Like I'm still living this life every day where like it isn't sunshine and rainbows that that wonderful square on Instagram is talking about. Um, so one of the things I find I, I tell people whether my coaching style or not is is for you or not is like make sure you're getting something concrete, not necessarily results driven because I think that again I like my consulting lingo and my like I I don't think it's like well okay if I'm gonna get X five X on my salary by you know X point in time mm -hmm. then this was successful but like know that you're going to be action oriented you're not just listening to something mm -hmm. right you're actually having somebody holding you accountable a lot of times coaches are accountability partners yeah um, which is it can be really meaningful oh god I, I'm honestly so this coach right here like I have I just a month and a half ago, signed up with a new coach who's a positive psychology coach, which never oh, had heard of before. We, Mary Sharon Owens, shout out to a previous yeah. um, podcast, uh, podcast guest. 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 Yeah. You would love her. Oh. She's all about that. Hey, Mary Sharon Owens, want to hang? <laughs> <laughs> I love a good coffee. love a good wine. Hey. I'll be with you anytime you need. Um, I actually found her on ASAP because you had recommended ASAP oh, to me. Yes. yes. So I, my main thing I was working on was boundaries, which, which is, is, is a weakness. <laughs> that I'm trying to get stronger on. Um, yeah, coaches, boundaries, they're real. I mean, not a, coaches, again, they might sunshine rainbows, but we're all real people. So um, one of the things that I think is really important is to walk out with concrete homework. Um, she's, this coach that I'm working with now is like, I have you sign up per session. You do not need to sign up for three months. And that's kind of what I was oh, trained in, nice. is that you I need like to that. do three months and that's the way you get behavior change. I get that. Like I can see that and I get that. But I do think there's a piece of the life we live right now that like three months, like who knows what the heck's going to happen in three months. We have 15 minute news cycles. Like how Seriously? am I supposed to live oh, yeah. here? Our world changes daily. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So I think, you know, from a coaching perspective, in a, in a broad sense, I think you need to make sure, one, that that person is hearing you. 
and not just kind of recycling something that they've given to somebody else, that they're actually tailoring what they're doing to your, um, your experience, and that you're able to live and act some of the stuff that they're talking to you about in 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 real time in the same way a therapist right like i've i went to therapy i had one therapist i don't know if i told you this years and years ago that her goal was to make me cry every session no. and i like walked out i'm like i mean i know she got her goal but what the heck did i get did you say her, so goal? Mean. her goal her goal oh her goal i was like what's her goal, goal. <laughs> uh, her goal is when you want to make someone cry yeah. no right? like it's the new slang yeah. she just totally hurt yeah. but i think yeah. the same thing with I think the same thing with coaches. Like yeah. if you feel like that person is just kind of sitting here to preach their stuff and you're going to give them money to listen, like that's not what a coach is all about. Um, so the way that I the way that I choose to coach is to really kind of understand where you are, step in your shoes, and I want you to be making progress week to week. I don't want it to be a three-month thing and then you finally get there. Yeah. Um, and I want you to use me when you need me, not because we have something on a calendar. So that's big picture. Co- that's you know, great. That's no, how, that's that would good. be my advice of people that are considering coaches. And really test them out. Those consultations are there for a reason. Like, yeah. It's just like an interview. It's a two-way interview. It's not just for that coach. So you dating. test them, ask questions. Yes, dating, which I'm so good at. Not at all. Um, so Maybe we'll get to that yeah, next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. Um, how many dudes are listening to this? Not that many. Yeah, well, there's, a, there's a handful of I, them. You know what? And I just listened to the, the podcast that you were talking about intersectional feminism and you guys were talking about the, the dudes that do listen to this. Hey, hey. hi. <laughs> yes. You are the kind of person that I want to have conversations with over a date or over coffee anyway. So yes. let's, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think actionable Instagram. So let's do that. So maybe you're not, maybe you haven't invested in a coach. You know, there's a part of this that I think a lot of that is trying to figure out where that fits into actionable moments of your life. So it's not like life is great, but like right now I feel like absolute shit trying to manage my friendships. Mm. So how do I figure out which friend is making me feel what this Instagram is saying, yeah. right? And which ones don't? It's the whole like, it's either a hell yes or a no, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like, it, th- again, mm. it's it, that can feel so big and broad and like, of course, I wouldn't go to work if I wanted it to be a hell yes. But at the same time, it's like focus on the small things in your life that make you feel that no, way. No, it's so true. And even and on that theme too, because yeah. um, w- I've actually been thinking a lot about that recently too, where I also see a therapist and I was talking to her recently about how I was like, you know, like my friends are not there for me and like, mm-hmm. it's so hard and I need them to support me. And then I was like, no, you know what? Like, it doesn't take a lot of time. And actually, a shout out to another podcast guest. We're just doing shout outs all yes, day today. Love them. Um, Janet from Spotted, she had talked about yes, those like that. tiny moments of gratitude and just like every day she takes time to to thank somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. And like literally Sunday night, um, I shot out like 10 text messages oh. and I was just like, hey, thinking of you, which was true. Yes. And hope everything's great. And everyone responded. And, you know, some people ended up having more of a conversation. Other yeah. people was just like, I'm great. How are you? Good. Awesome. Yeah. But it made me feel like, okay, yes, I can't like emotionally dive in and like maybe be there for every single one of my friends or vice versa. Yeah. But at least like it can be a two-way street and it doesn't yes. have to be a huge investment of time and effort. You're like okay. hitting We're on my things. Very busy. Yeah, yes. it's really good. I didn't know you did that. I'm so proud I of that. I haven't gotten one That's of them so yet. cool. <laughs> I think I'm going to try. Because you say it to um, me every day. I have my phone right here. You want me to say <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to, this is also the woman who literally this morning shot me a Slack message as we stood less than five feet from each other. I wouldn't want to interrupt you verbally. I was like, hi, you could just ask me I a question. I didn't want to interrupt like, you verbally. I want to make sure you sometimes. felt some digital love as well. well I don't want to bother you with my text messages. <laughs> 
there you go. Oh, complicated. It's complicated. Anyway, back no. to you. No. Oh, well. I well, you know, I do think yeah, finding, I love that. finding your people I think is really important. Yes. And I, I I will say the reciprocity piece I think you just touched on is really important. And again, that's actually my boundary work has gotten to that. That like yeah. we have become so oddly connected but disconnected mm-hmm. from each other yeah. that like True. reciprocity is not it's not a two-way street, right? Like I have so many friends that I give 90 mm-hmm. and I think they're my best friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do I feel a little bit less for that? And it's like, all right, so my go- I have to do that little like if I'm going to do it as a science experiment, right? Like I do that and see what you give back and that's okay. Like I still love you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean any of that. But like if I want to be invested in reciprocal relationships in business, in life, in a relationship at some point – I need to start modeling that for myself. I can't just keep giving, 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 giving until I collapse, right? Until I get to a point where there's resentment because no one wants that either, right? So I think there's a big part of this that's like, it is, it's the last, I mentioned early starting up that like, you have to look at yourself like a bit of a science experiment, right? And you try all these different things and you test out things that feel good or don't. And I think that that gratitude exercise is a great way to kind of be like feelers. If you come back, okay, cool. We can kind of figure this out together. Um, and, and also, you, the cool part is you like, this is something I'm doing. I reached out. That's actually how we started. How do you feel about that, right? So getting their kind of perspective on it. Do you have another way that you stay connected that you kind of figure out who are the people that make the most sense to be in that inner circle? And then, you know, how do you bring people from the inner circle out or back in? And it feels a little weird that it's like a game. Mm-hmm. But well, it's something, it's, it's a reality. Basically, you're just, you're thinking more, um, you're being more aware and, and more sort of a, sort of present yes. in, in that and instead of letting it happen just by letting it happen yeah and i want to say too i'm um, just to sort of wrap up on that note yeah. was that the other thing i've been thinking about and talking about mm. in therapy and whatever is that you know i had these thoughts around the friendships and being like oh you know like no one supports me whatever and the act of, of doing that two-way street as i called it the sort of reaching out yes. made me realize that you know we're all in our heads so much and I was like, actually, yes. it's that's probably 100% false. Like, yeah. I'm probably taking, 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 taking. Yeah. And so I need to remember to yeah. give back a little bit yeah. because it can't be just yeah. taking, taking. So. I know this is one of the questions at the end, but I'm bringing it up right now. Sorry. Oh, and no, I can we should move it. into our other yes. questions anyway. So, so there's do it. My, the, uh, there's Big a book. Vision. The book piece. Oh, the book piece. Yeah. Sorry. We'll, no. we'll go back to it after. But there's a, a book called Text Me When You Get Home. It's Ooh. about the modern state of female friendship. I just uh, a, a good friend of mine just brought it to my attention. I read it. I'm not a book. I'm not a reader. I will say I'm becoming a reader okay. as my new self care. Do you process. Do like audiobooks? Um, I I do. Yeah. But this was a this was this like a real, real life like right. turn the page book. Ooh, so um, old and I turned school. them so I didn't quickly. Even know what you're saying? Yeah. Page. I know. Paper? I know. Maybe what even does a paper turn cut? the page mean? Cool. Don't you just swipe? Uh-huh. Them? Yeah. <laughs> but this book is incredible. Um, that sounds great. great. Look at that. Yeah, the author Kayleen does a really great job of bringing like the themes of female friendship, of our female dynamic as women, of how we've been like taught to compete against each other and not like each other. And, you know, there's only room for one of us at the table, which Ugh. there's like a million guys at the table. So maybe we, one of us or two of us or three of us could be there too. We are going to smash um, that damn patriarchy. Yeah, I, you know, and it's funny because like the patriarchy versus matriarchy, I think it's it's interesting because I think there's a hybrid there that yeah. we find and like equality of mm-hmm. 50-50, I don't know. It could be 100% one way. It could be 100% the other way. We've been 100% one way for a very long time. Yeah. So like finding that balance. But this particular book does a great job of talking about how we've modeled dynamics within women, both mother like, generationally mm-hmm. and then with one another and then moving into like pairing ourselves off. Mm. Um, how 
we as women kind of have isolated ourselves as the only woman in that dynamic. And there's only room for one of us at, at you know, at a dinner table with our families mm. instead of being like, how about all of our friends come and it's a village. Um, so it's just a very interesting thing. So I, you know, that I think does a great job of kind of talking about how friendships can kind of have a balance mm-hmm. back and forth too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good really choice. Good. All right. So big vision. Do you want to tell us? My big vision. Yeah. What's your plan? Oh, so I just did a uh, visualizing exercise last week around like, what's my life going to look like in 18 months? Um, what I want for my world. So I'm like learning too. Yeah. I want to be um, the keeper of a safe space for really difficult conversations. I absolutely love difficult conversations in a way that I think people think I'm crazy. Um, maybe it's because I found myself to be a lot of a bridge and, you know, being biracial, being that tomboy between uh, men's sports, women's sports, being a creative in a business environment, kind of playing that role of kind of in between and seeing both sides that like I sit in that gray, that awkward, that thing that I think we probably need very, very much in our society right now. I, I sit in it relatively comfortably. And I think I, I do a relatively good job of giving you space to voice your opinion and also be respectful of somebody else's. So my vision is creating that as my everyday, Mm. um, allowing people to have those conversations with one another and really truly connect instead of it being a two-dimensional screen. Um, so there are a couple things that I'm working on that I, 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 I can't really bring to full front, but one of those is around kind of bringing mental wellness and mental health conversations to the forefront and taking the taboo away from it. I mean, we've talked about therapy so much today, so I feel like we're yeah. doing a great job on yeah. that. Can we also shout um, out the SNL therapy song that came out like very recently? It <laughs> yeah. Last week. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, yeah. that sounds <laughs> awesome. So. All right, let's do some of these questions. So rapid fire, what do you geek out about other than all the things we just talked about? Okay, so- um, notes. Oh, so many notes. But I I didn't- You wrote like a book there. Yeah, and I didn't look at them at all. So (laughs) we can talk some more when we finish here. Um, You know, what I'm geeking out about right now, this is what I wrote. Um, Listening to the universe and keeping the door open is something that has just been uh, a new thing. And it's brought so many incredible humans like you into my world. So great. Love it. Um, who or what inspires you? Other people's aha moments. Mm, it right. keeps me going. All right. What are your core values? <sighs> Honesty, integrity, and respect are what I have written down. That's here. great. I love what it. do you really think? No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> you were like, this That's, is what I have written down. Don't, don't I mean, there's so many, values. but I'm keeping no, it. I'm trying to keep said, it short. I no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. What is your favorite way to practice self-care? And I you know. can expound on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that. Okay. So self-care is something... We, before we hopped on here, um, we were talking about, I had a bit of a, a health situation recently where my body physically shut down um, because I was ignoring the two parts of my, you know, the body and soul part of mind, body and soul. And so um, it's a huge work in progress for me right now. But I think finding that moment of uh, centering yourself. Um, I talked a lot about centering people's conversations who have been kind of in the minority or haven't been heard, but really, I mean, that whole, this is, again, it's like one of those wonderful things on Instagram of like, put on your face mask before you put it on someone else's. Mm. But it's so freaking true. Mm -hmm. Like how the heck am I supposed to help anybody else if I'm not able to breathe, like literally able to breathe right now? So I'm trying to find a sense of calm and not my sense of calm might not be someone else's sense of calm. So, um, Really, like, I, I'd love meditation to be my thing. I'm, you know, got to work on it, right? Um, being around people that really are willing to have those conversations that are hard is really important. Allowing people to help me is like my focus of self care mm. right now. Of like, if somebody offers to, I mean, even offers to pick up a bag and put it in my car or like yeah. saying yes to that, because I, self sufficiency has become like True. my end of the spectrum that I need to stop. So I need to stop a bit. 
let me not say that fully, but um, yeah, self-care for me is just letting people in right now that are willing to participate and help. And then also being able to say no. Um, there's a, we're going to get to this later, but there's a podcast I just listened to about saying no um, that interviewed Oprah and she did an incredible job of kind of explaining what that, she said no to Stevie Wonder. Like if, if, if Oprah could say no to Stevie Wonder, like can we say can no. say no, I can say no <laughs> to someone. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so what is the best advice you ever received and who gave it to you? So, I mean, I'm going to say Brene Brown. So we haven't met her, never met her. She had, she didn't give it to me like in person, That's but all right. That's okay. I think that, um, this is core common theme, but like, it's really hard to, to hate people close up. So move in. That's one of the things she says in her, um, Braving the Wilderness book that like the more we can have the humanity connection, the less that we can be divided. Um, so I think that to me that that's like kind of dictating a lot of, a lot of my daily operating um, these days. Well, if you do meet Brene Brown, oh, I'm going to Houston in June and, you're like, and hey, I actually Brene. worked, I've worked with the woman that did her website. And so I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, Brene, um, <laughs> you know, trying to figure it because it, it's put it out. In the yeah. Universe. Right. Um, just, her convert, I mean, she is just, we all know, I mean, everything she is incredible, her vulnerability, yeah. her shame work, but truly like if you haven't seen her Facebook live after Charlottesville, I, I recommend you watch that. Um, yeah. she, talks about dehumanization at a time where we really needed to because it was dehumanizing both the people that were those yep. tiki torch carriers, which yep. hurts my head altogether yep. around that. Um, and and saying like, those are still people. And so how do we operate in this reality? That right we have? on. So we covered podcast, which I'm assuming, because you did that one, right? Unless you have another oh, one. Oh, no, I have two podcasts. The okay. Dear Sugars is the one oh, that I was yeah. just talking about. Someone with else has uh, the, that too. Oh, it's delightful. I've been listening to it nonstop um, over the past few weeks. That was the Oprah, The Power of No. There are two episodes. Definitely listen to those. And then um, The Failure Factor mm -hmm. is one that I really enjoy. I've um, been listening to it for a few years, a couple of years now. Um, Megan Bruno is the is the host there, and she does interviews with with – founders, um, leaders, and talks to them about times that they failed and what it, what it kind of taught them, which I, I think she does a great job. And she's on, she, I would follow her on Instagram too. She's doing a lot of stuff around like not being perfect and that being okay. Yeah. I love yeah. It. Awesome. Okay. Final yes, question. Final question. Yes. What's your personal anthem? I got two right now. Sorry. One is freedom, Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. Cause I mean, who doesn't want to scream that at the top of their lungs? Right. And I, I mean, I can't control my body when that comes on. <laughs> and then this is me from the greatest showman. Um, it's something that the first time I heard it, I was like tears streaming down the face. Oh. I know there's a lot of controversy around um, P.T. Barnum and the like of a kind of from an intersectionality perspective and the way he treated certain people and the like, but that the lyrics of the song, incredible. Mm -hmm. So, Nikki, wow. whoa. <laughs> yeah. We recommend for listeners to put this on half speed. Yeah. yeah. You are Sorry. just a font. God. Of information. No, it was a, it was powerful. This was great. Packed a lot oh, into thank it. Thank you so much. Thank um, you both. Yeah, this was great. And um, so super quick. Yes. If people oh. want to learn more. Yes. If yes. Thank you. Learn about oh. Coaching, oh, marketing, story yes. voice. Yes. Stupid. Women's empowerment. Where do they go? Space. Let Where me distill. I'll distill it down. Yes. I think that the best place to go is NikkiInnocent.com. Beautiful. Um, I will have all stuff there. If you like Instagram, NikkiInnocent at Instagram. I have a Facebook page that is NikkiInnocent as well. All of my stuff is there. I'm I uh I think that that's the easiest way to go about right. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you both. I love you both. Love you too. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. 
If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. <laughs> Check us out at She Kicks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.